Welcome to the Fix Your Sex podcast. This is the first episode. I am your host, Amina. I am a tantric coach, a tantric massage practitioner, a sex goddess based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I am here to talk about all things sex related with the goal of making it possible for all of us to live a more fulfilled life a fulfilled sexual experience, and to just be better as a human through intimacy, touch, self-respect, and respect for others. So tonight um, I am recording. I had sent a bunch of questions out to some friends um, and some groups that I'm in. And what I really wanted to just know is if you could talk to a sex coach, what would you ask? Um, And I got some pretty amazing responses, some interesting responses. Um, so I would like to start with, um, with some of those just as an intro. I would love to get to a point in this podcast where we're talking about things that I experience as a sex coach, work with my clients, um, work with establishing goals and figuring out where we want to be in life sexually erasing stigma from sex and intimacy and things like that. But this is the easy way out. So I'm going easy. I'm hitting the easy button. And the easy button was to say, hey, if you could ask a sex coach any question, what would it be? So I'm going to answer three of the questions that I received tonight. Um, Because I did receive quite a few, actually. I was surprised. I was surprised... Um for a variety of reasons. One of the reasons is because I am now living in Atlanta and it's my first time living in a chocolate city. I've never lived in what would be considered, even though Atlanta is changing, I've never lived somewhere that was considered a chocolate city. I lived in Chicago in like the 90s and it was like light chocolate, like white chocolate. Like there were some chocolate elements to it in certain neighborhoods. And, you know, we've had movies based on those elements, Chirac and whatever, but it was not a chocolate city. Like there was no, um, there's no real authentic, true, full-fledged black culture that dominated the city. So, um, here in Atlanta, after moving, after living in Hawaii for 12 years, almost no, 11 years, this has been a very eye-opening experience, one that I love and that I'm fully, like, I'm in love with Atlanta. So I just want to say that. Shout out to ATL. I love y'all. I love the way that you guys have showed up for my events. I love the way that you have made me be able to maintain my practice, grow it here in in the Bible Belt, um, and and that people are interested. People are interested in love and connecting. People are interested in fucking. And they might miss a lot of the love and the connection part because fucking is so, it's such a quick and easy pleasure point. Like we can get there right away. We know how to get there from fucking. Um, intimacy is harder. And we see that in the so-called there are no good women and there are no good men in Atlanta rhetoric that goes around on a regular basis. But here 
we have a place that I can attest to in my practice is full of men and women that are looking and ready for love, um, looking and ready for intimacy, open to being open, and um, they just need to get there. So here I am talking about that. So we're going to go to some questions um, that I had. Uh, one of the questions that I had tonight, which I'm going to start with this one because it, it disturbed me the most of all the questions that I received. One of the questions was, how do I get my partner? It was a female um, a female oriented question. A woman asked, how do I get my male partner to come in two minutes? Right. That deserves some radio silence. So I was confused because I thought maybe I read the question wrong. And I asked, are you trying to get the partner to come quickly? Is that the goal? And why? Um, and, and she responded to me that, yes, she would like him to come quicker because if she's already come, she wants it to hurry up and end. And I thought, ah, fuck. This could not be worse, really. Like, what could be worse than trying to have a sexual experience with someone where your goal is that they come but then I started thinking about it. And in my practice, I realized that that's a lot of what I do. I was unpacking that that desire. Like, we, we should not want our partners to come because coming oftentimes signifies, it's a, it's a sign, right? That's, that's it. It's over. Sex is fun. Sex is glorious sexuality is beautiful. I love being intimate. I love rolling around with my partner. I love having a moment with a sexual, with another sexual being and being in a sexual space. So for me, trying to think like, how can this end just is so counterintuitive to everything that my vagina represents and everything that my person represents. Now, I know that I can't speak for everyone and clearly based on this question, I don't, right? Um, and the, but my question that I pose is, what would you ask a sex coach to help you with? And I think that as a sex coach, that I that that's a big old suitcase. Oh, that's oh, that's an oversized luggage piece, right? That's what Erica Badu was talking about when she said, "Bag lady, like, why in the hell?" Are you even engaging in sex if you just want it to end? And I think that we should all ask that question to ourselves. Like, why are we engaging in sex? What are we seeking when we decide that we are going to invite another person into our most sacred, romantic, loving, godly, intimate space, right? And I say this as someone who, let, let, let me just be clear. I am not a religious person. I am what many would consider an atheist, unless you were like a Zoroastrian. Um, I don't follow any religion, although I have been um, deeply embedded into the, into the Muslim faith and the Christian faith most of my life. I uh, do not acknowledge 
a single higher being, a heaven or a hell. I do think that I am a goddess. I believe that I am a goddess. I believe that you listening to this right now are also a god or a goddess and that the divinity is within you. And I think that our ability to create, whether we choose to create or not, is one of the most divine things that we have to express in a loving manner. And the fact that that creation is so pleasure-based is why I'm here with you tonight. I just think that that is the epitome of what sacred and holy means is that I have a clitoris and that is an organ that's just designed for pleasure. And if that is pleased and I desire to procreate, then most times I have to make an effort to not procreate. That's pretty special. Why would I share that with somebody that I don't even want to lay with for a little while? Like for real. And I wonder sometimes if when we say sex, especially when I'm talking to heterosexual people, if they just mean penis and vagina or PIV, um, is that all you're talking about? Because to me, sex is so much greater than that. It's this long flowing energy session that I have that sometimes doesn't even have a penis and a vagina. Sometimes it's two vaginas. Sometimes it's a penis next to a leg. It doesn't necessarily have to be PIV for it to be sex. But why are we looking for it to end? Why does this, why is that the goal? And why are we so focused on goal-oriented sex? And how is that impacting our sexual experience? I talk a lot about that in my practice. Like when I'm meeting with people and they're talking about their sexual dysfunctions, and especially men, usually, that's why this question was a bit um, off-putting for me because it came from a woman. Uh, How do I help and finish him off? Versus how do I last long enough for her to get off? And I think that going to a place where we are focused so much on getting to that destination is just taking away all of the energy, the the purity, the beauty of of sex. And I don't, don't get me wrong. I am totally down for being bent over and fuck doggy style. Like it's nothing like that's okay too. But I am not looking for a shortcut to pleasure. I'd rather just not engage in pleasure at all than find the shortcut. I just don't want to know that. I don't. So anyway, the at the at the it was a long answer to the question. Um. I guess that was a short answer, actually. The long answer would be, why do you want it to finish so quickly? Why do you only want it to have one orgasm? Why aren't you there in the moment? And the, there's so many more questions to unpack from that from that big Louis Vuitton bag you're carrying if you just want the sex to end. We don't want the sex to end. We want to, I mean, it doesn't have to be two-hour sex all the time, but you know what? A good hour, hour and a half is is... It should be on the menu at least on once a week. Like, let that be your cheat meal if you, if nothing else, right? Like, get your French fries Monday through Friday because time is time. We go to work, pick up the kids, whatever the case may be. Play basketball at the gym. I don't know what you do when you're not having sex. Whatever it is, okay, Monday through Friday, got it. But it's the, it's the weekend, right? Let's not shortcut this shit. Let's keep it 100. Let's go all the way in. Let's look at each other. Let's catch each other's breath. 
let's breathe together. Let's make our breath synchronize. Let's slow everything down to a point where we are connecting and I'm hearing you and you're hearing me. And if you just want to fuck, that's cool. But if you're fucking someone that is, you just want two minutes and the person that you're fucking just wants to fuck and they want 45 minutes, then y'all just a bad fuck partner. And that's fine too, but y'all got to acknowledge that. Like you need to say to him, hey, listen, I know you're sitting in your brain and you're thinking, don't come yet, 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 don't come yet. Come, please come, because I'm actually not enjoying this and I'm just here for your pleasure. I'm just here to be a receptacle for you right now in this space. I want to be close to you in other ways, but right now in this space, I know that you desire a nut and I'm here for that, but please don't hold out on my regard. And I would say that's the first place to start because most men are thinking, I need to keep going so that she can experience more pleasure because it's easier for me. Let me rewind that. Not most men, many men, not all men, some men, hashtag. Um, But that is a real thing that men think of when they're having sex because um, Missy Elliott said, I don't want no two minute man. And, And they've been trained. And so let's not untrain them. Just tell them what you want. Tell them, look, I'm not like other girls. I'm not like many women. Um, I'm, I'm my own person and this is what I desire. So please, I would like all the foreplay or none of the foreplay. I would like you to fuck me. I'm probably going to come real quick. And then I don't really want you to keep going. And if you find that satisfying, then we're a good match. But don't, don't try to fix him from enjoying a lengthy sexual experience for him. Cause now you're ruining it for him and potentially for his futures, which I'm just going to go on a limb here and say, if you are not enjoying sex, then this is probably going to not end well if he really is enjoying it, unless you are open to having others in your relationship. So anyway, that's a short, long and short answer. Um, That was, (laughs) I wanted to start there. So I had another question that was, um, it was actually two questions in one. Advice on convincing your partner into trying a new into trying new things in the bedroom or another participant. So I let the person know, hey, listen, these are two totally different questions, right? I want to try some new things in the bedroom. Cool. I want another partner. Cool. Don't put those two together ever. Like just don't. It's just a bad formula, honestly. What's going to happen is all the stuff that you want to try new is now going to be shot down by the fact that you want someone else in the bedroom, right? Because I'm hearing that you want new stuff, so I'm not doing what you want and you want someone else. So I'm not even the person you want to do new stuff with. So separate those two things, even in your mind, like let's, um, these things need to be in different compartments. I would like to try new things in the bedroom. What does that look like? And this is a conversation that you should have far away from the bed. I always tell people, you know, it's a good time to talk about sex stuff. Breakfast, when you're not fucking. When you just made, you know, somebody's cooking bacon, they can't even get naked because it's popping on them. You're in the kitchen, everything's running around, you got stuff to do in the morning. You got a little time, so you're reading the newspaper, 
Hey, babe, you know, I was thinking, I've never tried anal beads. Have you ever thought about putting anal beads up my ass? Perfect time to pop that question. Because you're not in the bedroom, and so there's no pressure on the sex at that moment. Your partner can be like, ew, no, I don't want to play with your ass. Or actually, I've been thinking about playing with your ass, and I was scared to ask. But now that we're not naked, this is so not awkward. It would be so much more awkward if you were actually in the bed and there was some sex and you just pulled out some animal beads and like, hey, shove this in my ass. It's just kind of awkward. It's a lot to process in a moment where my adrenaline and all of my sex organs are lit and I have hormones raging and I now you're, I don't know, am I not doing enough? This is how this works. So don't have a conversation about having another partner and changing things up in the bedroom at the same time. It's unhealthy. Um, But by all means, at dinner one night, maybe not in a restaurant, depending on your partner, and you know your partner better than I do. I haven't met them yet, for the most of y'all. Then you can say, hey, listen, have you ever considered, have you ever had a threesome? Have you ever fantasized about a threesome? Would that be weird for you? Like you can open up the door and you can have a conversation and you have to pause and listen. Like, don't get defensive. Like, well, I mean, I'm not saying I want to cheat on you. I'm just, you know, I just want to know. Just hear them. No, I don't. I'm not interested in sharing you. Okay. I hear what you said. I was just wondering because I was interested in it, but... I I don't want to do anything that you don't want to do. I thought I'd ask. Maybe they'll revisit it. Maybe you can talk about it later. But introducing things in a time that's not sexually oriented. Maybe you watch a movie that has um, like more than two or um, there's a a new series on Netflix that's about open relationships and or a Jada Pinkett speech. I don't know. But you start there. You start somewhere outside of fucking, right? It's not like you just came. She just came. You're laying both happy in bed. You're smoking the imaginary cigarette. And then you say, you know, it'd be fun as the third. Because any partner is going to hear you. That was good, but not everything I needed to have in my life. I wish you were more. So don't do that. Sorry, there's an alarm going off in the background. Um, And then, yeah, so these are two separate conversations. Um, Even though that was one question, I wanted to go there. I had a fourth, a third, third-ish, fourth-ish question that was my favorite. Um, And the reason why it was my favorite, because it was unexpected. It was kind of out of the blue. And it was, it was pretty serious. It was intense. The question was, how can I keep my mind in it so that the rest of me doesn't lose the feeling? And this was a question from a hetero male. Um, I think hetero. He might be bi, but I know that he was in a male-female relationship. I'm not questioning. I'm just saying that. I'm assuming that this is based on a hetero relationship, even if it wasn't. Um, it's a universal question and that's why I loved it so much. I love when I get a question from a cisgendered male who has a question that 
a lot of people have. Like I had a stressful day at work. I came home. My partner was horny. I got in the mood kind of, but I couldn't let go of all the shit that I carried home with me. And so I couldn't stay in that place. I wasn't present for my lover. How do I become more present? And this to me is why I do the work that I do. This is why I do tantra. This is why I do tantra massage. This is why I do intimacy work. Being there, being present, being readily available um, is such a big deal. And we are so far from it so much of the time. Like our life demands so much of us. Our day-to-day life, when we do it, we get up in the morning and uh, I go to the gym in the morning and the number of people in the gym in the morning versus in the afternoon is night and day. We give so much to ourselves, to someone else, right away. You get the best of me first. People laugh. My lovers laugh. Why do I love morning sex? I love morning sex because the mornings are for me. The first thing I want to do in the morning is treat me to a great time. So I want to come or I want to cuddle or I want to snuggle or I want to massage or I want to massage someone first thing in the morning. And then I want to go to the gym. I want to go work out. I want to go fill my body and and tax my body. And then, then after giving myself coffee, and food, and sex, and a workout, then I'll go give you some time. Yeah, boss, now you can have me. I'm a little bit tired now. But otherwise, I get up in the morning, I rush, I wake up 20 minutes before I gotta leave the house, jump in the shower, throw on some makeup in my car, get to my office, present the best of me I have, which is not even that great at this point. And I work for you for eight hours in a frustrating environment. Then I go home and I put on a face for those that love me and care for me and are there to support and nurture me. And that is so fucked up. Like that's just legitimately fucked up. When what we should be doing is making sure that we are carving time out for ourselves. When I was had a regular massage practice, so often I would get calls from people that would say they couldn't come see me because my hours were fr- and during the daytime. They couldn't carve out an hour to leave work to come get a massage. They got an hour lunch break. They could carve out an hour once or twice a year for a dental cleaning. But but to actually t- like take care of themselves on a regular basis, that was unheard of. And this might be you. And that's so fucked up. Like, stop doing that. Do you think the corporation that you work for is going to fall apart because you need an hour and a half away from them to get grounded and get centered and to be well or to come? No, you could plan midday nookie. You could have a nooner. You can have an afternoon delight. You can have morning wood. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Honestly, like an hour out of this is for the most part, and this is a very privileged speak, but really, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast and you're following me and you have any intention of booking me, the reality is that they're not going to miss you for an hour. 
if you let them know you need an hour. Even a Walmart employee can take an hour if they need to. People go through chemotherapy and all kind of things. They're dying. They're hoping to live. And they're taking off work and the job's fine. Sometimes people don't even tell their job what's going on. You could do it. You could plan an hour, 45 minutes, two hours away from everything you have to do. You could make morning sex a priority. You could make love a priority. And that would start to clear your brain. If you got to the point where you were saying to yourself, hey, I find that at 5.30 p.m., my brain is cluttered with all the bullshit of the day because that's how life works. And I'm not able to be fully present for my partner. Okay, well, fix that. But let's just say, let's just throw a hypothetical out there. Maybe you work for um, one of Amazon's subsidiaries and you are on a packing line and you absolutely can't. You can't, this is not... You cannot be scheduling Nookie. And I know this is the case for some people, not most. Maybe you're in the military. I'm ex-army. And while I got away with a lot of shit, getting away from morning, afternoon Nookie was probably not something that I would have tried in the military. I didn't have enough rank. Um, So maybe that's not the case for you. And if that's not the case and you have to get home at a time where it's just you and your partner and now the day is spent, you've given all the best of you to someone else Go home. Take a nap. Don't log on to Facebook. Don't log on to Twitter or Instagram. Don't check your emails outside of work. Don't turn on the TV and check the scores of the fucking football game. Guess what? The Patriots won. The Cowboys lost. Deal with it. Go from that space. And lay in a, in a quiet space. Establish a sex space if you can, if you have room. Or a quiet space, a sacred space that you can get to. And you can lay in and you can quiet your spirit and quiet your mind. And once you get to that space, lay there. Be there for 15 minutes. And think about everything you got to fucking think about. And try as you think about those things, as they crowd your mind, let them go. Okay, I'll deal with that tomorrow. Make a timeline. Can't do shit about that this week. Fuck it. Ah, fuck, I didn't pay that bill. Shit, I ain't got the money in my account. I don't get paid till Friday. Guess what? Thinking about it until Friday, it's not going to fucking help you, is it? Because you're not getting paid till Friday, so they're not getting paid till Friday. And while that's fucked up and your credit might suffer, that's just your reality. And whatever your reality is, you need to come to terms with that in a quiet space and it should not be in the bedroom. And you need to let go of all that. And when you get to the point, and that's easy, right? Got home from work, I got a 10-minute practice. Every day I get home from work, I lay down in this quiet space and I decompress. Before I approach my lover and expect to be great. Because when you approach your lover, you should expect to be great. You should expect her or him or them to be great. You should want to be great for each other. And you can't do that if your mind is crowded. And so if you're wondering why you get to a space that your mind is not really there, or it's too much there, so that you don't maintain the feeling, a lot of that is based on the fact that you have too much in there. And you wouldn't let it go first. So in the famous words from Frozen, 
let it go, let it go, don't give a shit anymore. I mean, you just have to, right? Or else you carry this forever and it stays there. You can revisit it tomorrow. Press pause. Give yourself a space to press pause so that you can experience love and joy. And when you try to go into intimacy, don't go full force hard dick straight away into the wall. Don't go wet pussy, eat my pussy, face down, ass up. Think deeper. Like, let me just be connected with you. Can I just, can you hold me? Can I just hold you? Can we just lay here and cuddle? Can we connect first? Because I got a lot of shit on my mind that's fucked up. And so, anyway, those are my 3.5 answers to those questions. And that's my first pseudo-podcast, I think. All right. Have a good evening. Um, Stay tuned at boughtfixyoursex.com. So that's going to be the address for this podcast. Right now, it's just the Fix Your Sex podcast. You can follow me at atltantra.com or atlantatantra on Instagram. Until then, have a good night.